Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Happy to be in the house of God this morning. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time. Amen. I want to welcome anybody here visiting for the first time. Thank you for, for joining us. We, uh, we, we welcome you into the Numa family. This is Numa Church where we serve God and, and we, we, love, we love people and, and we love you. So um, welcome. If you don't have a church of your own already, you are welcome to making Numa your, your home. Amen. Um, I wanted to acknowledge, uh, I, I didn't get to do this last, last week, um, but I wanted to acknowledge just our youth pastors uh, Pastor Renee and Bami, they, uh, amen. They spent, they spent the whole week, uh, last, not, not this past week, but the week before, uh, with your kids, they took them off your hands and I'm sure that was a blessing for you and it wasn't much of a blessing for them. Amen. <laughs> but man, we are thankful for, for y'all's ministry and y'all's leadership. Thank y'all so much. Um, I, I spoke to them earlier this week and, and, uh, they said, we love it. So I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm always afraid to ask that question, like, how are you doing in the ministry? Are you okay? And they're like, we love it. And so praise God. I think they're, God has him here for this season. And I wanted to acknowledge Abby as well, who, who man, he got, he got merit. Amen. Praise God. I told him I, I never got merit at Nationals, man. So he's, he's out, out doing me. Um, but man, all, all of our kids, man, praise God. They are anointed. They are, they are spirit filled. They are talented and they're using those talents for God. Praise, praise the Lord. Amen. One more announcement. Um, this coming Friday is our men's conference. If you have not, if you have not yet registered and you intend on going, uh, do so, do so right now. I'll give you the next five seconds to do so. You can take out your phones, go to Numa, uh, slash men's talk and register. It's free. You can, you can leave a donation if you'd like, because we are feeding you. Um, but uh, if you haven't registered, uh, be sure to do that. I believe that we have about 65 to, to about 80 men registered. Praise God. Amen. And so it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Friday at 630 at 630. Men, men be, be on time. Be, be on time. OK, you're always rushing your, your ladies to be on time. You be on time. Women, if they're leaving the house at 615 and they live 30 minutes away, bro, you better be on them. Be on be on time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's get into the word this morning. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6. I'm going to ask that you, you stand with me. We're only reading uh, two verses, three verses here. Ephesians 6, 10 through 12. If you have it, say amen. Amen. If you don't have it, I got, I got you. It says this, Ephesians 6, beginning at 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly 
places. Why don't we go to God in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, my God, for this word that you've spoken over your servant, Father. I pray, Lord, in this in this time, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would just anoint me for this task, Father God, that you would speak through my lips, my God, and I pray that we would be here receptive, Father God, ready to hear this word that you have for us, my God. Open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Father God. We welcome conviction. We welcome discernment, my God. We welcome encouragement, my God, to better ourselves for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise God. <clears throat> Amen. This past week, we uh, um, we attended this this uh, this event at, at Grace at Grace Church. It was a it was a leadership roundtable. Uh, a bunch of pastors gathering throughout Houston to be poured into. There was two great speakers that spoke over. Um, over the pastors of Houston. And can I just say, man, there's really something special about the city of Houston. And it's not just because we have the, the best baseball team, right? Pastor Danny, Pastor Danny says, amen. Brother David, amen. And that's not the only reason, but, but I, I truly believe that, that God is doing something in Houston. He really, really, I, I would not be surprised. And I don't just say this because um, I'm born and raised in Houston, but I would not be surprised if Houston was the next start of a revival. Amen. Because, because I, I see all these statistics talking about churches, de- uh, church attendance is declining all over the nation. And, and that might be true. I don't know if it's true for Houston or Texas, but, but what I sense is the spirit of God moving in the churches of Houston and in the pastors of Houston. And so God is really doing something. And, uh, so we were there, uh, I don't know, maybe a good 500 people, pastors there. And there was this one gentleman, this, this one pastor, he shared something and it, it was, it was beautiful. He, he shared 20 things that he has learned within the past 20 years of ministry. And it's 20, 20 things. The guy had 20 points, right? In, in his little, in his little teaching, he didn't spend probably more than two minutes on each point, but he said something that resonated with me and I took it with me that week and I just, I let it sit in my spirit and I wanted to share it with you and kind of expand on it because again, he just kind of said it as a point, but I thought to myself, man, that is so true. He said, everything is more spiritual than you realize. Everything is more spiritual then you realize, I want you to think about that for a moment. Everything is more spiritual than you realize. Not, not everything is spiritual. Sometimes we like to over-spiritualize things, and, and the danger of that is that we try to assign the voice of God to something that he didn't say. There is a danger to that. And you know, I, I, Can I just say that sometimes dreams are just dreams, and I, I, there was this guy that I knew a few years back, and, and I, he, he would tell me his dreams for like six nights straight, like, I, like if I were Joseph or something, I can interpret them. <laughs> and one night, I remember this one because this one was crazy. He was like, Pastor, I had a dream, and in the dream, I was fighting with my wife. I was arguing with my wife, and we were going back and forth, and then all of a sudden, she turned into a monkey. What does it mean? <laughs> I was like, I, I don't know, bro. I mean, I don't know what you think about your wife, or I don't know how often you think about monkeys, but, you know, I'm not saying it wasn't God, but I'm not going to be the one to t- tell you uh, that it was. Not everything is spiritual, but more often than you think, it is spiritual. The things that you battle with, the things that you struggle with, the things that, that keep you up at night, it's spiritual. And that's, that's the title of my sermon this morning. It's spiritual. 
And I just want to tell you this morning, it could be more. It could be deeper than just an insecurity. It can be deeper than just an overeating problem where you just run to food when when you're stressed out and frustrated. It's deeper than just a marital issue. It's deeper than just a moment of weakness. It's spiritual. And as I was reflecting on that very, very simple point that he made, everything is more spiritual than you realize. You know what it brought me? It brought me hope. And you might think, why didn't it bring you fear? Because when we talk about the spiritual realm, when we talk about spiritual forces and, and dark darkness and evil, we kind of get intimidated by that. But, but for some reason, I was brought to hope. Why did it bring me hope? Because when it comes to the spiritual, I know that God fights with me. He doesn't leave me alone. When it comes to the spiritual, I know that I have the armor of God to protect me. If it were just physical, I'd be prone to relying on my physical strength. I don't want to go to other people. I would want to go to books and, and, and Google. And I, but, but if it's spiritual, the Bible says that we have an advocate in heaven. That should bring you peace and that should bring you hope. If it's spiritual, I got you, baby. If it's spiritual, I go before you. It's not always spiritual, but, but don't be too quick to, to dismiss the possibility that it is. I was talking to somebody this week about uh, depression. And depression is, it is a real thing, right? Um, denying depression as a mental illness is like denying cancer as a physical illness. It's just a different type of, of sickness. But But just like God can heal cancer, he can also heal depression, right? And it might not be a spiritual affliction causing you mental health issues, but our God is so big that he transcends even the spiritual. My God stepped into the physical realm to be like me. So whether it's spiritual or physical or mental or emotion, uh, God can heal you. But sometimes, sometimes, this is what I want to get at. Sometimes what you think is depression is a lie that you let yourself believe. That's spiritual. One time Layla said to me, she said, I'm depressed. I said, why do you think you're depressed? She said, because I'm sad. I said, well, were you sad yesterday? She said, no. I said, well, maybe you're just sad. And 30 minutes later, she was goofing off again. She's perfectly fine. She wasn't depressed, but she said it. And I identified it right away and I had to cut it off because if she continues saying, I'm depressed, there is power in the tongue. There is power in what you believe. She might grow up thinking that she's depressed because she's always saying it. And if she thinks she's depressed, she's going to filter everything that comes into her life through a, uh, through a depressed filter because that's what she thinks that she has. When in reality, she has a negative spirit, a pessimistic spirit because of the lie that she allowed herself to believe. That's spiritual. And it starts off so small and so innocent and you don't even you don't even realize it at first. You don't notice it. But one day uh, you realize that you're not battling something that small anymore. And you're like, where did this even come from? And you're going to all kinds of things and you're going to the books and you're going to Google and you're going to other people and you're going to counselor. And there, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But but what you're fighting is against spiritual forces. It's not against flesh and blood. It's more spiritual than you realize. And I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Somebody walked in the room with a, a, an infirmity and you have not been able to shake it. It's spiritual. What if it's spiritual? 
Last week, we talked about breaking strongholds. And breaking strongholds is done with both authority and power, prayer. Yes. We forget about the power aspect. We, we think that just because we have the authority, we can win the spiritual battle. But the truth is, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us power. Jesus has granted us authority. But, but if we come in the name of Jesus without power, if we, if we rebuke in the name of Jesus, if we lay hands in the name of Jesus, but we are prayerless, we are powerless. Because not every dark force will respect the authority that you have, but they will respect the power. And I believe, church, that if we're going to be successful in spiritual warfare, which the Bible says is all around us, we need to do so with the authority that has been granted to us and the power that is available to us. Amen. Trying to do spiritual warfare without power is, is, like, a, is like a chihuahua's bark. Anybody have a chihuahua before? We used to have a chihuahua. His name was Tango. And uh, man, Tango, you couldn't tell him he wasn't a bad boy. He would post up confident, man. He would look you in the eye like he was just an original gangster, man. Like he, he was, and there was, there was authority in his bark. You couldn't tell him he wasn't all that. And, and, and one time I remember Tango got out of the house. He got loose. And, and we had bad experiences with, with dogs when I was a kid. They would either run away, we'd never see him again, or they would, they would get ran over by a car. True story. One time, Benji, my dog Benji, I was seven, eight years old. I was playing with Benji outside in the front yard, and it was just, it was beautiful. And we we're playing fetch, and just a little boy and his dog. And Benji liked to, to, to run after cars. It was a bad habit. And I would always get anxious and nervous when he would do that, but he would always be okay. Well, one time, he, he ran after this car, and it, it was a neighbor's car. The neighbor didn't see him. So when the neighbor turned into his driveway, tank, uh, Benji's head was crushed. Yeah. And I saw the whole thing. <laughs> And that was brutal. And I was just, I was, I was torn to pieces. And, and so a couple years later, we got Tango and Tango runs out of the house. And I'm like, I'm not going to let that happen to my little Chihuahua. And so I get on my, my, my bike and I'm chasing Tango, man. He's fast, bro. He goes, he goes blocks down the street and he stops for some reason. He stops at this house where the neighbor has a Doberman right outside, just chilling. <laughs> And man, he's like, what is this? What is this fool doing in my hood? Right. And he just he posts up right there and he, he puffs out his chest and he starts barking like he's got all of that authority. And then I'm, I'm running over there and and all of a sudden I see. No, I'm not making this up. True story. I see Tango in, in the in the Doberman's mouth. He's in his mouth. He's ripping him up like this. And, and, I, I, and I'm already, I'm, I'm, I'm in tears. I'm screaming. I'm like going nuts, man. I'm like, no. And then I, I run towards him. And I remember punch. I, I started to punch the, the Doberman in the face, man. Like, let go of my dog. And I'm ripping him. I'm trying to yank him out of the hand, uh, of the mouth of, of, of the Doberman. And I get bit, surprisingly, not by the Doberman. My stupid Chihuahua dog bites me. <laughs> And then, and then I managed to get him out and spare his life. But, man, I'm thinking, what an idiot. I should have just let him have you. <laughs> Authority without power is just like that. You ain't getting anywhere. And that overconfidence will kill you if you don't have the power. If you're battling spiritual forces without power, 
You can come with the authority. You can come in the name of Jesus. But if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit and you're not ready to pray and you're not ready to see some things and you're not ready to see what is not normal, you ain't ready. You need power. And once you have that power, Jesus says, through prayer, once you're filled up, Daily with the Holy Spirit and you're walking daily with the Holy Spirit and you're in tune with the Holy Spirit. You begin to realize that things are more spiritual than you thought before. You begin to see that 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 chronic anger has a spiritual root. You begin to see that jealousy, that envy is not just a result of a human emotion. It has spiritual roots. See, nobody sees what's below the surface we only see what we can see we can only see what's in front of us nobody sees what's behind that curtain of emotions this is why david says in in psalms 139 search me O god and know my heart and try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wickedness in me he's asking god find the culprit reveal what I haven't been able to see because there is something deep that has taken root in me and it's affecting my life. It's affecting the way that I think. It's affecting my speech. It's affecting my family, my ministry, and its roots are too deep for me to discern, but I know that it's spiritual. Everything is more spiritual, church, than you realize. Some of you thinking, nah, pastors, it's not that spiritual. It ain't that serious. It's not that serious. It's just, it's just a little thing I, I deal with. It'll be all right. It's just a little thorn in the flesh. It'll be all right. What Adam and Eve saw as a fruit, God saw as death. What Adam and Eve saw as, as this pleasing, delicious fruit, God saw it as something that could kill the spirit. And the lie was, it's not that serious. It's not a big deal. Nothing's going to happen. It's just another tree in the garden. God created the garden. If God creates good things, how is this not going to be good? It's just like all the other fruits. Sometimes that little innocent thing that you're giving into, a little innocent thing, you don't pay any mind to it, sometimes that's the greatest contributor to your spiritual troubles. And, and, And maybe the reason that you're still fighting with the same thing over and over and you're still dealing with the same issues over and over is because you're still eating of that fruit that you think isn't causing you any harm. It could be it could be a relationship. You know, you think you think they're a good friend, they love me and and maybe they do love you. Maybe they're a real person. Maybe they're a real friend to you. But maybe they're also the reason that you you talk the way that you talk. Maybe they're the reason that, that you, you, your mouth is filled with gossip because they welcome the gossip. They say, what you got for me today? What happened this week? Or, 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 maybe, or maybe they're the initiators. They're like, hey, you, you, you want to know what happened? And you're, you can't resist. But you're, you're, you're friends and y'all confide in each other. Maybe you listen to their advice even though against the go, it, it goes against what is right. Maybe, maybe you allow them to paint pictures of other people for you. And, and now because of what they told you about so-and-so, you act a certain way around so-and-so. 
What if that one relationship has allowed a spiritual root to take hold of you? We, we don't always notice toxicity, church. Nobody notices toxicity. That's why it's such an effective killer because it's, it's silent, it's, it's colorless, it's odorless. You don't even know what it's done until it's done it. You know when people say, y'all still with me? Amen. You know when people say, you know, X, Y, Z, it can open spiritual doors. I don't, I don't think that it's helpful to, to think of it as like this little demon running in your house. And he's like, you know, I got you, sucker. You left the door open. It's not, it's not like that. It's not that obvious. Oftentimes, these spiritual doors, they don't, they don't begin with a demon. In, in, in the Bible, the word spirit and demon are very, very rarely used interchangeably. Most of the times they're distinct from each other. A demon is a mindful, personal, evil, intentional entity. That's what a demon is. It wants to cause you harm. He's got a mind of its own. He's got a will of its own. That, that is a demon. A spirit has a wide range of meanings. The Greek word is, thank you, Brother Junior. Numa. Spirit is Greek for, 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 for pneuma, or, or pneuma is Greek for spirit. You can have, the Bible talks about clean spirits. It talks about unclean spirits. It talks about your spirit. It talks about the Holy Spirit. It's very broad. And its meaning, the meaning of spirit, the meaning of pneuma is literally wind or breath. That's what a spirit is. It signifies movement. You can't see it, but it's moving. Just like the wind, you don't see it, but, but, but it's there and you can see its effects. That's a spirit. The devil, before he was the devil, he wasn't demon-possessed with pride. There wasn't a demon of pride. What he was dealing with was the spirit of pride. Pride was moving in his midst. That's spiritual. That's the difference. Not everything is demonic, but a lot of things are spiritual. And get this, the wrong spirit can attract the right demon. You don't, you don't put on a scary movie and then boom, there's a demon in your home. You got to burn it down. You got to move. You got to leave Houston. No, you're not inviting a demon into your home, but you might be inviting a spirit of fear into your home, especially if you deal with fear. Because now that, that fear, it, it, it produces images that you can't get out of your mind. And when you close your eyes, you see that image and it, and it scares you and, and it keeps you up at night. And now you can't, you can't sleep and it affects your sleep life. It, it affects your work life and it leads to worry and it leads to anxiety. And now the party's all bigger now. All because of something you thought was no big deal. It's spiritual. I'm not preaching against scary movies. You might be able to watch a scary movie and sleep like a baby. What I am saying to be careful of is the spirits that you allow in your home. Amen. A lot of times we, we, talk, about, we talk about the scary movies. like th th Those are the ones that, that we villainize, but we don't realize that, that a certain conversation that you had with somebody can open up spiritual doors as well. 
One lie, one innocent lie can open up a spiritual door. One lustful glance, one thought and, and, and entertaining that thought, it can open up spiritual doors. It might be one mention of the word hate, one mention of the word depression, one mention of the word divorce. That's why they say, don't say the word divorce in your home because the moment you say it, you welcome the idea. <laughs> It doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter how mad you are, how upset you are. Don't say that word. You, God, I don't think he's the one anymore. He is the one you married. <laughs> all, of, all of these things, all of these things, we don't, we don't realize it, but they can take spiritual roots and you don't even notice it. And they begin to grow because darkness, whatever's in, kept in the dark, it, it, it grows. And you don't even see that it's growing because it's dark. The Bible even talks about good things that can open up spiritual doors. Oh, y'all didn't, y'all didn't know that. Good things, godly things. This is obvious. Y'all know that, that the closer you get to God, the bigger the spiritual doors open. Job was an upright man. He was a righteous man of God. And what, look at what kind of doors opened for Job. Paul speaks of church leaders as being prone to pride and conceit. Once you become a leader in the church, there's the spiritual door that wants that, 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 that spirit of pride to come in. When Jesus started his ministry, a spiritual door was opened that was meant to cause him to stumble. When you get married, a God-given institution, there are spiritual doors Everywhere being knocked on. There's that spirit of lust, the spirit of infidelity, the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of resentment. It's more spiritual than you realize. I'm going to keep saying that over and over because you need to know it. It's more spiritual than you realize. It's not so innocent. But the thing that I said earlier, the fact that it is spiritual, it should give you hope. It should give you hope, church, because where there are Evil spirits, dark spirits, big spirits, ugly spirits, threatening spirits, fat spirits. There's a Holy Spirit. There is a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sanctifies. The Holy Spirit purifies. The Holy Spirit guides you out of that moment of lust. He guides you out of that moment of anger. He guides you out of that moment of jealousy. When you invite the Holy Spirit in, all the other spirits flee. The Holy Spirit goes in for the kill. But again, you have to be strong. You have to be empowered. Paul says, be strong. Be strong. Somebody say, be strong. Be strong. In the Lord. He says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He's talking about godly empowerment. Godly empowerment. Verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. There's that word for power again. Dunamai. You may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There's two parts of spiritual warfare, church. Last week we talked about breaking strongholds with power and authority. That's offense. That's offense. Everybody's ready to go into battle. That's offense. That, 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 that's, that's when you pray. That's when you rebuke. That's when you cast out. That's important. That's what we do up here at the altars. Last week I talked about spiritual warriors. 
Just because you're in the army doesn't make you a warrior. Prayer makes you a prayer warrior because it trains you for prayer. The more you pray, the more you're equipped to deal with spiritual warfare. And so, so that's, that's offense. And when we say, do you want to come up here to receive prayer? That's what we're doing. We're bringing the prayer warriors together. Yesterday, man, we had a beautiful time at, at prayer. We had a prayer uh, service yesterday morning. And, and I felt led really to, to pray over the, the people that were, that were here. Because many of them are the ones that, that are, are the ones praying for you at the altars. And, and I, want, I want when we lay hands, I want that to mean something. I want, there, I want there to be an anointing in these hands for that moment of prayer. I want, I want there to be power in these hands, power in our lips when we're praying. And I said last week, if, if, you're, if I'm in my deathbed and I'm, and I'm sick and I'm about to die, send in the prayer warriors. Don't send in the ones that are going to say one prayer for five seconds and call it a day. Don't send in the ones that are going to give up hope when, when my condition worsens. Send in the prayer warriors. That's offense. We need offense. We need offense. We need to slay those demons. We need to slay those spirits. We need to cast them out. That's offense. But what Paul is talking about here, the armor of God, that's defense. Put on the armor of God so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil. It's not about if they come. It's about when they come. It's about when you're attacked. It's about, it's about when your children are reached for. It's about when your, your marriage wants to be compromised. It's about when, not if. The armor of God is that defense. Imagine standing in front of the devil with no armor. Imagine, imagine going into battle with no armor. Imagine continuing every single day to battle those strongholds with no armor. All you're doing is getting more tired and more weak. And I believe that this is one of the reasons that people, they come to God and they don't stay very long because they come to church they receive Jesus, but they never put on the armor of God. And, and the moment they, 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 they come into the faith, they're being attacked every which way. And they never learned how to put on the armor of God. And so they're battling with the same things until their spirit is once again dead. Can I tell you something that nobody wants to talk about? What we all know is true. The armor of God is uncomfortable. I love that Paul illustrates it like that. He says, you got the belt, you got the breastplate, you got the shoes, you got the shield, you got the sword, you got the helmet. Bro, I don't even like carrying my car keys with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, want me to carry, <laughs> you want me to carry the armor of God? Paul's audience would have understood it as something heavy. Something that made you sweat. Uncomfortable, sticky, smelly. We just want to be, how many of us just want to be comfortable? So, so it's a hassle to put it on all the time. It's exhausting. I got to carry my cross and the armor. So, so maybe you only bring the armor on Sundays. Maybe you don't even bring it on Sundays. 
I, look, I like what Pastor Melissa said. I, I like what she said earlier that you come to church and, and, and you're surrounded by the army. You're, you're protected. It's like you go out. I don't know why I'm so hood, man, but like you go out and like you're in a gang, right? And you want to jump one dude, right? And you feel all hard because oh, we're going to get him. Everybody's kicking up. Poor guy's by himself. What about when you're by yourself and you're defenseless? The armor of God is made to protect you when the prayer warriors aren't around, when the pastor isn't around. Because nobody battles, you don't really battle spiritual warfare in front of other people. A lot of times, the, the biggest fight is when you're by yourself. You just, you want to send that text message. You just, you just want to, you just want to put that, that movie on. You just, you just, you just want to give in and no one's there to stop you. And if you're defenseless, you're going to give in. If the armor of God isn't there to protect you, you are going to give in. Spiritual forces are everywhere, church. They're everywhere. And you can get the wrong phone call from the wrong person. There goes that spirit of anger. You hop on Facebook. You see everybody at a party you didn't get invited to. That does something to your spirit, man. You watch that one scene from that one movie. You invite that spirit of lust and therefore put on the armor of God wherever you go. Have it on in the morning. Have it on at work. Have it on when you're just sitting at home, relaxing and watching TV. Have it on when you're scrolling social media. Have it on when you go to sleep. Have it on when you wake up because everything is more spiritual than you realize. We can't afford church to be caught prayerless and armorless. We have to go in to the enemy's camp in confidence, in, in confidence because we have to engage in offense. We have to be prepared to go in and fight and pray and lay hands and rebuke and believe that God is going to do something. But I also have to have the confidence that I am there with the armor of God equipping me because if I get attacked, I need to have it on. Spiritual warfare is offense and defense. And I don't want to worry. I used to worry. What if I cast out a demon and he comes in here? <laughs> oh, stay in there, demon. <laughs> stay in that person. <laughs> I just, just thoughts that I used to have. <laughs> Got to protect yourself, you know. <laughs> but, 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 but you see what that does, like. If, if you're not properly equipped, if, if you're not able to defend, you're not going to be able to offend. Because you're going to be starting fights that you can't win. <laughs> so you have to be equipped with the armor of God. The armor of God gives you the confidence to say, demon, get out. Get out. And I can say that with confidence because if you even try to come in here. I've got the armor of God. I got the Holy Spirit covering me. We need both. Tell the person next to you, you need both. 
thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your prayers. But put on the armor. Put on the armor. I'm going to ask if we can get the kids. Some of our kids are going back to school this week. Some of them already went back. That's okay. But we need them covered. We need them covered. I know that our, I know that our prayers are, are powerful and effective. But we have to realize that, that every day, every day when we send them out, we, we send them out into spiritual warfare. I mean, everywhere, man. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. There are spiritual forces in the church. When you, when you send your kids to, to youth group, there's spiritual forces there. When you send them to school, there's spiritual forces there. And, and, and the truth is, most of these kids, they don't see it. Some of y'all are like, my baby sees it. My kid sees it. My baby's smart. Some of them are too innocent to see it. They, they, don't, they don't see it yet because they don't know what they're looking at. And so I'm, I'm calling on the parents this morning to, to be alert. Luke 21, 36 says to stay awake at all times. Kids see everything as this innocent fruit. The Holy Spirit has equipped you, parents, leaders, to see what kind of fruits lead to death. Look, I'm not trying to scare anybody this morning, but but this is the time where roots want to take hold of your children. This is it. This they are ripe for spiritual roots to take hold because they don't realize the impact of what they let in. We need to guard our children. It's okay for your children to not have certain friends right now. You ain't ready for that. It's okay for for your kids not to listen to certain things, watch certain things that that they can't handle right now. Maybe later when, when, when you can take on a little bit more. But right now we have to protect you because I don't want a spiritual root to take hold when one day you're waking up and, 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 and you realize that you're dealing with something and you don't even know where it came from. Mom, dad, pay attention. Be alert. Catch it. Catch when, you're, when your kid is saying, I'm depressed. Catch when your kid is saying, I'm, 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 I'm confused. Catch it. Because a, a spiritual root is trying to take hold. Don't let it. Man, woman of God, don't let it. You have been equipped. You have been called. You have been prepared. You have the offense. You have the defense. Protect your children. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. and Can, can we have the kids come forward? And if, 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 you ha- if, uh, if there's parents in the room, I want you to, I want you to come and, and, and stand over your kid, please. <clears throat> They're so cute, man. They're so cute. They're so cute and, 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 and innocent, and even though some of them are bad, you're still innocent. You don't know why you're bad. 
Yes, the youth as well. Everybody, if you're going back, if you're going back to school, and we may just need to fill these altars, that's okay. If we need to make room on the stage, we can do that too. And if you're, if you're in the room, if maybe you don't have a kid here, but I'm going to ask that you stand. This, this, this prayer is, is both for, for our children, but it's also for, for our parents. Because parents, we are the protectors. We're the protectors. We're the mama bears and, and the papa bears. That's, that's what we do. We, we protect our children. But I want to ask you, I want to I exhort you today, protect them with prayer. Protect them with words of, of, of godly wisdom. Protect them with the armor of God. right now what we're going to do as, as the worship team sings I want us just to lift up our voices I want, I want you priest of your home, priestess of your home spiritual father, spiritual mother I want you to pray with, with power and authority over your children and if you're there I want you just to extend hands and I want you to cover, cover this generation cover this generation cover this generation in, in the blood of Jesus. Cover them with the armor of God. Come on, lift up your voice, church. Come on, lift up your voice for your children. Yes, Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.